One, two, is this on? I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Wrestling has more than one royal family. misconceptions still out there that maybe you'd want to clear up? I don't know. I think um, that's not for me to decide. That's for everybody to decide. You know, everybody, everybody in here, uh, everybody walking down the street, everybody I've ever met, they have their own version of Phil in their head. It's not for me to, to live up to whoever that is supposed to be. Uh, I just I try to be nice and kind to, to everybody. Uh, I can't prevent people from having a negative view of me based on something they read on the internet and it's not worth my time to try to explain stuff to me. I don't think anybody should, you know, as like I said, as long as you're doing something that you enjoy that doesn't hurt somebody else, more power to you. Don't, don't worry about trying to uh, explain yourself to friends, family, especially not people on the internet. And if I can make a suggestion. Just one. Twitter has become an infinitely better place since I found out that you can like... Block? No, no, no. Um, what's it called? Mute? No. Uh, like, I, like, there's like a special notification thing where I went through and I was like, oh, I can do, like, so like people with no verified email. Oh, oh if they I don't follow do, you, you don't see them and things like, like that. I, like, I've like put all these notifications on and like, and it's like such a, it's like such a better place. And like, you know, so people are screaming into the void. I don't, I don't even block people anymore because I don't, this is like, I don't, I don't see it. You know, people who don't want to, like, if they don't have a picture, that was one of the notification yeah. things. And I was like, oh, my God. You took away the eggs. Yeah. I was like, what the, f why didn't I do this sooner? But it's been a much, much more enjoyable experience. I suggest you all do that. Because Twitter's not real life. It's not. I mean, unless there's the, the, uh, an egg in here that wants to say some real vile shit to my face. Uh, how much time do we have left? I Think we're well. I think we're actually overtime. Believe it or not. Are we? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I need a vacation. So unless any eggs would like. <laughs> Draw the cat eyes sharp enough to kill a man. You did some bad things, but I'm the worst of them. Sometimes I wonder which one will be your last lie. can kill and I might try I don't dress for women I don't dress for men Lately I've been dressing for revenge I don't start it but I can tell you how it ends Don't get sad, get even So on the weekends I don't dress for friends Lately I've been dressing for revenge She needed cold hard proof so I gave her some She had the envelope where you think she got it from Now she gives the house, gives the kids, gives the pride Picture me thick as thieves with your ex-wife and she looks so pretty Driving in your bands Lately she's been dressing for revenge She don't start it, but she can tell you how it ends
dress for friends Maybe she's been dressing for revenge Ladies always rise above Ladies know what people want Someone sweet and kind and fun The ladies simply had enough Well he was doing lines And crossing all of mine Someone told his white collar crimes To the FBI And I don't dress for villains Or for innocence I'm a vigilante again I don't start it But I can tell you how it ends Don't get sad Get even So on the weekends I don't dress for friends Maybe I've been dressing for revenge what to do, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 357 of the Who's Podcast on this Thursday, April 20th, 2023. It's your boy, Joshy, coming to you live from the Good Bird Studio in lovely Chicago, Illinois. Hope you're having a wonderful week so far. I'd be remiss without mentioning, happy stay off the weed day. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Uh, happy 420 day to everybody who chooses to celebrate this uh, joyous adventure. Some say this should be a national holiday. Who am I to disagree, even though I am straight edge? <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, again, uh, for those who do partake in those adventures, I hope it was a merry, merry day for you, uh, you morose motherfuckers. No, <laughs> I hope everybody's in good spirits. Uh, I'm in good spirits. It's been a busy week. Um uh, I mentioned last week we had to reshuffle some things just due to my current situation. And um, I'm in good spirits and, you know, just really trying my best to keep my mental strong. And I think that's probably been the biggest thing over the last couple of months is that I've been just trying to make sure that I remain, like, whole inside and, you know, not being discouraged and stuff like that. And coming out here and recording shows like, uh, like this um, makes this process easier and, um, I'm very appreciative to have this platform to speak to each and every single one of you, even for those who check out the podcast for five minutes or <laughs> they only check out what the hell is wrong with AEW, whatever it is, even if you listen to a whole episode of the Hoots Podcast, we uh, do appreciate the support. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. This podcast comes to you free of charge every single Friday anywhere you get your podcast from. Uh, we're available on Spotify, Wide, Stitcher, Wide. Apple Podcasts, wide, youtube.com forward slash at the Hoots Podcast, wide. Uh, for those who are Spotify listeners, um, I mentioned this last week as well. We are 80 listeners away, Spotify specific listeners, from um, reaching and potentially getting ambassador ads, uh, which means. There's a good possibility that we could start. We could start finally getting some money back on our anchor account. So as a favor to myself and brother Carter, uh, we appreciate if you guys uh, take some time to scroll down our catalog on Spotify specifically. That's why it's important to follow our podcast on there. So you never miss an episode, but you also could uh, check out our previous editions of the podcast at hoots. And uh, if you guys could just scroll down and press play on for five to 10 seconds for like maybe 20 different episodes. It'd be like a three minute process. Um, 
we are 80 specific Spotify listeners away from potentially getting some money back for this show. And uh, we don't charge anybody to listen to this podcast. We're not behind a paywall. We don't have a Patreon account. Uh, we give you uh, the show free of charge. And uh, all we ask is you could help us out from that venture. Because it not only helps out the show, it helps out my situation that's going on. And also helps out Brother Carter as well. So if you guys could do that, that would really mean a lot to this show. Uh, to say that we get ambassador ads. And don't forget, guys, we're um, about 300,000 collective downloads away uh, for reaching a million uh, downloads and plays on Anchor, which would be really cool. So, again, thank, thanks to each and every single one of you who have been rocking with us for the last seven years. And uh, the support doesn't go unnoticed. And uh, I'd like to mention as well, speaking of seven years, next week, April 27th, make sure to jot it down, will be the exact seventh year anniversary of this podcast. Uh, I started this podcast with Adam Daly on April 27, 2016. The episode is on our YouTube channel if you guys want to check it out. Crazy how quick time goes by. But yes, episode 358 next week will be our seventh anniversary of this podcast and um, again, just thank each and every single one of you for support and for those who give a shit about this podcast. It really means a lot to myself and Brother Carter because we do this for each and every single one of you and trying to bring something different to the table. To the bevy of other professional wrestling podcasts, as most of their hosts are snarky, sarcastic, negative, and make you feel bad of being wrestling fans. And those people carry themselves like their shit don't sneak. Uh, I speak from my heart. I speak for myself. Me and Brother Carter want to bring some laughs. Uh, may provide a bigger picture outlook on some of the stuff that's happening with wrestling. And I like to have some nuanced and substance conversations. You know, some real authentic conversations. We're real people at the end of the day. That's all we're trying to do here. And provide a back porch feel. I want you to feel like I'm sitting next to you and we're just shooting shit about professional wrestling and life. You can agree or disagree with my stance on stuff on certain promotions, and that's more than fine and merrier. Uh, I just want you guys to enjoy and remind yourself that it's okay to enjoy and watch professional wrestling without letting the dirt sheets and every other show on God's earth dictate your outlook on the world of professional wrestling. It's, in my opinion, it's the most greatest form and most versatile form of entertainment. And I feel collectively as a fan base, we uh, take it for granted. So with that all being said, let's get into the shenanigans this week. We are a couple weeks out from the WWE Backlash Premium Light Event in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, some really good stuff going on right now in WWE, both on Raw and SmackDown. We got the draft right around the corner. Um Speaking of the draft, um, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to be recording while the NFL draft is going to be going on, so that's that should be a pretty interesting show. Who knows? Maybe we might uh, bring somebody on and we have a video version. I'm not sure yet, but uh, keep out to my Twitter at the Who's Podcast to see maybe we do a special uh, NFL draft special or something like that to uh, com- commemorate the seventh year of the podcast. But anyways, let's start off the show as we usually do as tradition. We start off with the back porch Q and a session. It's a popular staple on this program. It's my time to 
answer what's on your mind in the world of professional wrestling and just anything in life. Uh, this is not a wrestling specific uh, show, um, but if you have any questions about life, mental health, relationships, nothing is off the limits when it comes to the back porch Q&A session. As we always do, we start off with the good brother Chris Zaletta at X-Team Zaletta 24X on the Twitter machine. They're up the X, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here we go. Start this off here at ten sixteen at night here in Chicago. Let's 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 get let's speed through these. Um, what up, Oos? Here's some Q, uh, here's some questions for the Q and A this week. Will Draymond Green be in the Golden State next year? Um, one, I don't know, and two, I don't care. Uh, Draymond Green is a up team clan, a stooge, a clan, a bad podcaster. A fake tough guy. I can't stand Draymond Green. He's one of the athletes in all collective sports that I could give two shits about. Um, I'm just keeping it 100. I do not care whether he's back with Golden State or not, or he uh, links up with his lover, LeBron James. I do not care. Draymond Green, go the fuck home and stay the fuck home. Up next, your thoughts on the Jalen Hurts extension. I don't know about the exact amount of the money that they gave him, but more than merrier for him, I guess it's just the state of the culture of quarterbacks and what their deals look like. But I, I don't think it's a bad decision. I mean, Jalen Hurts is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I was wrong in my outlook on him for what he was going to do this past season. And I can admit when I'm wrong, I didn't see him becoming what he became last year and the performance he had in the Super Bowl uh, speaks for itself. But it's a good decision and good on the Eagles. They got a guy, and I hope it works out for him. And we just got to knock on wood when you see these quarterbacks um, get these big-time sessions that it's not attached with injuries. So um, I think it's a good thing for Philly, and I think they got their guy, which is pretty cool. Uh, was Nick Aldis returning to impact the best decision? Uh, if it's the best decision for him personally and what he wants out of it and what he wants to present, then yes. For me, it's a meh decision. I'm glad he's back on TV, but Impact is only going to provide so much distribution for what you want to do with your character and outreach. And again, I don't know what's going on with WWE. You know, Seltzer and Alvarez and everybody else could talk about hiring freezes and stuff like that. And unless I hear from the company itself and people who know what the fuck they're talking about, I really don't know what the situation is. And it's a shame that neither him or JY are in WWE right now. So um, if, it's the, if this is a decision that Nick wanted to make and he wanted to do for himself, more power to him. Nick is a, <laughs> a national treasure and he is the real Rose champion. Thoughts on Macklin and Deanna as new champions. Um, I did not get a chance to watch uh, Rebellion. I heard it was a good show. Uh, congrats to Steve and Deanna. I, I think I made that, those predictions last week that they were going to become champions. So it's, it's cool that they got it done. And uh, they're both talented wrestlers. I can't uh, I can't take anything away from them. I, I wouldn't want to take anything away from them. I've mentioned it before many times that... I'm a big fan of Steve Macklin and what he does in the ring and on promos. I think he's underrated. Um, and Deanna Perazzo did a really good job uh, reinventing herself when she left the WWE. And 
Uh, she's one of the best uh, female wrestlers in the world. So uh, I, I thought that was cool. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the pay-per-view, but uh, seeing them become champions is good. So I think that's great. Uh, heel Trish or Babyface Trish? Uh, heel Trish. And uh, you'll hear why later on in the podcast. <laughs> oh, Mamba Mia. Great question here, Chris. Did Killer Kelly look like the big star out of Hardcore War? Oh, man. <laughs> I might have to do a full podcast on Killer Kelly and try my best to not make it come off like strange or weird or whatever. Even though I do admit that she's probably the sexiest woman in professional wrestling right now. Uh, the entrance, her presence, her look, the way she wrestles, how she carries herself in the ring, the facial expressions, all of it. Like, she's the total package of today's modern wrestler. Male or female, I don't really care. She's just fucking awesome. I I, <laughs> I don't hide the fact that I'm attracted to Killer Kelly. She's hot. She's badass in the ring. I like what she does, her little vignette promos. She's a star. <laughs> uh, again, I didn't get to see the pay-per-view, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. She is a smoke show, and she's a star. And, you know, just like how Becky Lynch got hot in 2019, I see no reason why Killer Kelly could not do that on her own accord. She's that talented. She's that damn good at what she does. Um, should Solo be the one to take down Gunther? No. Um, I think it would be a good match with him and Gunther. But at the same time, I think it had to be more of a smaller guy that you wouldn't expect to take down Gunther. That's just my opinion. But would I like to see a match with Solo and Gunther? Absolutely. But is he the one to bring him down? I don't know yet. I, I that, that wouldn't be my pick for that. Which match are you looking forward to the most for spring breaking? Great question. Um, that card is loaded next Tuesday. By the way, can we start putting some respect on NXT's name? Like, can we, guys, I told you this before. The NXT knockoff version of Ring of Honor, aka Black and Gold, was not going to be sustainable to what its purpose was supposed to be for the NXT program. The Black and Gold was a niche run. It's not sustainable. I loved it just as much as everybody. I'm not taking away from it. But don't shit on these guys and girls for trying something different and there are good characters there are investment is there is everything great no (laughs) but you got good commentary uh the matches are still bangers put some respect on the xc brand but answering your question for me it's the main event it's uh carmelo hayes and grayson waller i think that's gonna be awesome and then um also looking forward to uh cora jade and Laya Valkyria, I think that's going to be a very good match. Uh, which matches would you like to see at Multiverse 2? Another question there is good. Chris, man, you're the man. <laughs> you always bring the heat, man. I appreciate you. Um, let's, let's do this, okay? Let's do Frankie Kazarian. How about this? For the IWGP... World Championship. Let's do Sonata versus uh, Frankie Kazarian. How about that? I think that'd be cool. Let's do um, 
We could have Steve Macklin against Naito. We could have Ishii have a rematch with Moose. I think that'd be pretty cool. I know Eddie Everett's fought Kenta, so we can't do that again. But let's do Kenta. Man, that's a good question. Let's do Kenta and Alex Shelley. I don't think that's been done yet. I know a lot of, everybody wants to always do more City Machine Gun Dream Matches. Uh, I think those are overdone sometimes. Um, and then I can't say Josh Alexander because he's injured right now. So I don't know when he's coming back. Um, if you want to do Mercedes Monet against Mickey James there, more power to him. I, I think that'd be pretty cool as well. So good questions there, Chris. Appreciate you, brother. Killed it as always. Up next, we go to Mitchell McMule, Matt McCool at Matt McCool24 on Twitter. All right. Let's see what Matt has to say here. In your opinion, who would swap brands in the upcoming WWE draft? Which character needs it the most? And who would you bring up from NXT? Spilled tea. Good question. Um, I think it'd be good for Drew McIntyre to go back to Raw. Um, I'm going to keep Cross on SmackDown. Uh, I, think, I think that's just a better vibe for him there. Um, do you want to bring Riddle to Raw? That's the thing. I, I'm kind, I am kind of curious what they're going to do with the tag champions now with Kevin and Sammy's there. You know, would you have both the tag titles and the world titles with uh, the world championship uh, unified? Kind of murky's water in a way some, in some sense. But I would say keep Sammy and Kevin on SmackDown. Obviously, they're going to be in the same brand with each other. And then, um, how about this? We'll bring the Judgment Day to uh, SmackDown. And then we'll bring the Bloodline to Raw. Cody will stay on Raw, obviously. Um, Maybe you could bring Bobby Lashley to SmackDown. How about that? Bobby Lashley and Gunther for the IC title. Something like that. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, For the ladies... I would have Charlotte go back to Raw. Uh, that That's me. Uh, I would bring Becky and Seth Rollins to SmackDown uh, as a combo deal. Uh, you probably want to keep Bianca Belair there. Obviously, if Montez is going to be going his own way, so you keep Montez on Raw. Dawkins will go to SmackDown. Uh, NXT people probably could see a potential of uh, maybe Roxanne Perez, uh, maybe uh, Braun Breaker pops up somewhere. Uh, Tyler Bate, that's another option as well. That's a good question. I, I am kind of curious to see how they're going to structure out this draft. I don't know how much NXT is going to be involved in it, but uh, those are just the ones off the top of my head of how I would go about who goes where. And stuff like that. And I mentioned this before on Twitter over the weekend. I am kind of curious how this one's going to play out because I, I I don't have any sources behind this. But you you would have to think that how the draft plays out will kind of give you a clue as to where things stand with the TV rights deal and which which one has the favor when it comes to WWE. 
Because, you know, WWE is going to follow the money. They're going to follow the money and the trend of the the TV networks that are favoring them the most, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, the brand that's advocating you for the most and wants to give you the most money, that's the one you're probably going to do business with. So I, I am I am, I am, am kind of intrigued about the draft. And I, I know I've been the one over the years who have been saying, like, hey, you don't have to do the brand split anymore. It kind of defeats its purpose. But you know what? Let's see if um, – Let's see another Triple H's vision. You know, he said, uh, the game's going to change. <laughs> Let's see how it plays out. And um, I, I am, I am, I'm interested to see how this uh, works out. So drafts coming up soon should be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, our, our last set of questions here this week comes from the good brother Mike at Twitter at Main Events for Mike Rubio. Appreciate you, good brother. He says, what a boost. I want to get into the backport talk, but first I want to have an open air convo about adversity. Feel free to read this part on air or not. You're going through a lot right now. And brother Carter taking a leave of absence makes it tougher. I can only imagine what you're going through mentally and emotionally in addition to finances. I will just say that a lot of times we're tested uphill before we reach our peak of positivity. I had a three-year divorce, 15000 in legal costs, 11200 paid to my ex as a settlement. Then my wife and I had a winter storm tragedy of 27000 in damage and no kitchen for four months. So I kind of get it. But the point is, I wouldn't have gotten my master's degree, met the love of my life, won teacher of the year among other honors, or bought a house, or, or not were not for going through all of that. And um Mike, thank you. I really appreciate you um bringing this up and your words don't go um unnoticed and it's not unappreciated. Um this year sucked. I mean I I don't want to come on here and be a sap and a mope every single week about this, you know, because at some point, I, my my intention is not to come on here and have everybody feel sorry for me and and me acting like I'm not doing anything to trying to change the situation. I am, I am trying to fix things. I'm doing stuff that I don't want to do, but you know, shit shit hits the fan. And what are you gonna do about it? I can't sit on my hands anymore when it comes to the situation. A lot a lot of what's been going on this year. It's been stuff that's been out of my control. I mean, one moment I'm furloughed. The next, I don't have a job. The next, my uncle decides he wants to sell the house that I'm in my apartment in. The next, I, I don't even have the money left to, <laughs> to pay for this apartment. And now I'm, I'm moving in the beginning of June to my Wella's house. <laughs> I'm doing stuff that I don't want to do to make sure that that process goes uh, smoothly. But... You know, it's life, man. What are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna feel sorry for yourself, or are you gonna do something about it? I, I mean, I've. It's not like I've not applied myself. It's not that I've not uh, thought about what I could do to fix the situation, or me sitting here waiting for a handout to come. It's never been about this since all this started. I don't know why this is happening. I come on here before and talked about like, hey, why why is this happening? Is it something that I'm doing wrong? Am I going it about it the wrong way with my transcripts? And 
is my place in this field not warranted anymore? Is what I provide not worthy enough to wrestling fans anymore? Am I just a a bottom at the totem pole rider and transcriptionist? Like, Like, where do I stand in this field? This whole year has been just one knock at one knock after another and gut punch to my inner confidence and self-worth and i i'm just numb and tired of questioning myself over this over this whole situation i really am whether it's pressure from my mom uh like trying to get the job that would satisfy her um I mean, I, I, I got to give a shout out to my dad because he's been like my number one support through this whole situation. And it's been fun getting to hang out with him more, help him out with his uh, with, with his work. And we I started doing that this week. That's why I've been reshuffling the schedule and stuff like that. And I'm very grateful for everything he's done for me uh, during this whole process. And he, he's really been uh, really important and remind me about um, trying to keep things with a positive mindset. And, you know, it take this, like you said, adversity, and I, I kind of call it a storm. I'm just in the midst of a storm right now, a professional storm of shit. And I have to do what I've always done my entire life. And I had to adjust and just make the best out of it. And this is a learning lesson, man. Uh, this is a good life lesson. You know, just when you think you're at the top of your field and doing what you're supposed to do and you're doing it on the right accord, uh, I bet on myself uh, a couple years ago when I left the tattoo shop and I wanted to prove to myself and my family, more importantly to myself, that I could pay for my apartment and live on my own based on the stuff that I was doing with my transcripts. And I'm proud of what everything I've done over the last couple of years, especially since the time I moved out of my mom's house and got to this apartment that I'm in now, like I, I never been more spiritually at peace and this in good spirits mentally. Uh, I got a chance to, you know, when I was doing with this stuff, uh, when I got, uh, my heart broken a couple of years ago, there's no way in hell. <laughs> I, this is a shoot. There's no way in hell. I wouldn't have been able to heal from that situation if I was still living back in my mom's house. There's no way. I was miserable there. Um, I felt empty inside when I was still over there. Um, By the time I moved out, I was just, like, over it. And I talked a lot about here, about, like, hey, I want to be in Florida. 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 That hasn't changed. That has not changed one iota. But I can't make that a reality when I keep getting knocks for stuff that it's not even my fault. But again, I could come on here and say life is unfair and why is this happening to me and am I doing doing something wrong? But what does that matter at the end of the day if I'm not going to do anything about it? You know, I I have a bigger vision of what my future is going to be and what I want to do and I know what I want to do and I know what I can offer to these places that I keep getting rejected from or don't get a response back from and all this stuff, all this stuff, all these no's, all this stuff that I've been dealing with for the last 10 years or so, all this is going to pay off one day. And I'm going to, when that time comes and when that opportunity comes, I'm not looking back. 
I'm not going to take a step back. I'm not going to uh, let anybody get in my way. When I get that opportunity and when I get my job back too, I'm going to go back doing what I do best and making those transcripts and providing good covers for you guys and being successful in spite of the dirt sheet culture. I'm not different from anybody. I'm not the only person on earth that deals with adversity. And I'm going to be the last. I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to be sitting here and act like I'm the only person in life that goes through adversity because I'm not, but I, it's not even about adversity. I've dealt with adversity my entire life. And <laughs> when I reach my goals, when I accomplish what I want to accomplish and when I, I think a lot of you know where my head's at and what I really want to do with my life. That time will come. And when that time comes, it's because I earned it. That's all I can say about it is I earned it, okay? And I'm in a storm right now. So I got to take this on the chin, like I've been saying this entire time. And I had to grow from this and understand that this is going to come. It's not gonna be the first time I get into this situation, and guess what? That's what life. That's that's what comes with life. You know, nothing's ever permanent. And I knew that to a certain extent when I got into this field of working for wrestling websites, dealing with politics, having to switch to different websites, get paid shitty pay, not getting compensated for for the amount of time and effort I put into my transfers. Well, I could come in here and play through the cows go home, but I don't, right? I don't. I come on here. I speak from my, I speak from the heart. I try to be open, open and honest and transparent from you guys. And look, I, I don't. Sometimes I, I get to the point where I don't know what people expect from me, and especially from, from my family. But all I can do is provide the best content that I can. That includes this show. It includes my podcast. It includes how I care myself as a human being, how I interact with people. All I can do is, is just be myself. And I, I'm not going to put myself in other people's shoes. I'm not going to make decisions just to make other people happy. I'm going to adjust. I'm going to deal with this transition process that I'm in. I'm going to start getting my job back. And I'm starting my life back and where I was feeling about a year and a half ago from today. And I'm not looking back. So this is adversity and I, I'm, I'm speaking for an R and I'm going, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to go down this road, but I'm not even mad at anybody anymore. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset. I don't, I have no reason to snap. I don't have, a reason to feel sorry for myself anymore. Fuck you, man. So what? It happened. I'm not going to let this define me. This is not the end for me. And I'm not going to get myself to the point where I quit. I just can't quit what I'm doing now. I can't quit the show. I can't quit wrestling media. I got into this field for a reason, and I just can't quit, so I'm not. So let's continue on here. Okay, now to some questions. 
What do you think of more baseball rules being added to MLB games, such as universal destiny hitter, a member of the team, but not in the lineup of a game? Um, I, I think that's fine. I, I get, the only rule that I would scrap right now when it comes to baseball is the stupid rule in the extra innings where you put a runner on second base. I just think that's stupid. Um, question number two, who's had more impressive start for the Chicago teams, the White Sox or the Cubs? I'll go with the Cubs, unfortunately. Shout out to you, you, Sam. <laughs> What do you think of the science proposed 2.1 billion stadium in complex? Do the Bears need to have a soldier field facelift and do the same, or is there a better solution? Uh, yeah, we, yeah, it's been long overdue for the Bears to get their own stadium. Uh, whether it has a roof or not, I really don't care. The whole stuff about bear weather and stuff like that is just a work. We've had bear weather my entire life, and we haven't won a Super Bowl since 1985. It doesn't mean shit. Yeah, we got bear weather, and we get our ass kicked by the Washington football team. Like, <laughs> at home, right? Like, what what difference does it make if we have a roof or not? We got a terrible stadium. It looks like a UFO ship. It looks like the home of, it, it, it would be like if we had a real-life adaptation of Jimmy Neutron at the lakefront. That's what Soldier Field looks like. It's a complete dump. It, it, it's an embarrassment for what's supposed to be the charter franchise of the NFL. Uh, they need to go to Arlington Heights as soon as possible. And I hope for the Titans, uh, their stadium works out for them. For, I see some pictures of it. It looks really nice. So, um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, if your financial situation improves, would you be interested in getting NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube? No, only because I'm more of an advocate of watching uh, Red Zone than I am watching an, uh, NFL Sunday Ticket. I mean, yeah, it's cool to uh, get access to all the games, but I read a, uh, for me, my football uh, viewing experience is much better on Red Zone than it is on NFL Sunday Ticket. And what they're charging for, it's absolutely ridiculous. So I'll stick with Red Zone <laughs> instead of NFL Sunday Ticket. But uh, that's a good question. Uh, what are your thoughts on Morgan Wallen having five songs in the Billboard Top 200 right now? I'm not surprised. Uh, Morgan Wallen is the best country artist in the world besides Luke Combs, and it's not close. Um, who is the most obscure country artist you can think of or a hit song from a random country artist right now? Example, Parker McCollum and his song Handle on You. Um, I would probably go with Daryl Worley and I Miss My Friend. And uh, for current ones, I'd probably say Hardy and Lady Laney, Laney Wilson, uh, Wait in the Truck. Uh, that's that's a very good song. Um, you're not too into Mario, but this new Super Mario Bros. movie interests you? Uh, yeah, it seems intriguing. I've seen a lot of people put it over on social media over the last couple of days. So I, 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 I would think it would be a pretty good movie. I, I, I really want to see um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, the the last movie that they're gonna do, uh, I want to see that. But yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Super Mario Bros. I think that sh this should be a lot of fun, actually. If push comes to shove and WWE has to cut talent, who do you think WWE would cut, if anyone? Uh, Dana Brooke and Mustafa Ali. How you doing? Keep it moving. <laughs> all right, next question. Not to be prisoner in the moment, but is Gunther the best Intercontinental Champion of all time? Uh, yes. Uh, you're not a prisoner in the moment. He is the Intercontinental Champion. He is the Ring Yanara. Uh, he, he will be the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. All right. 
CM Punk versus Chris Jericho feud, would that get you watching AEW regularly? Let me spell it out for you. H E L L N no. No shot, Mike. I'm sorry, brother. I, I can't. I I saw Punk and Jericho the Chicago Street Fight. I saw Punk and Jericho again in Chicago for payback in twenty thirteen. Uh, Chris, I'm an egomaniac Jericho Needs less time on TV Not feeding off on who's the hottest act in the company Or who's come back from injury I'm so tired of Chris I'm a clout chaser Jericho And his January 6th appreciators No, that feud would not get me interested in AW more No shot uh, last couple questions here. Uh, he says, I did Core J, but is it just me or was that pipe bomb promo all of the hate like AJ Lee had, but none of the accolades? Respect to Chicago's own, but this was like too soon. Uh, I see where you're coming from, Mike. Um, I just think this is what we're going to deal with with Core because she she makes no bones about it that she's highly influenced by both Punk and AJ Lee. So we're probably going to get a little bit more of that, to be honest. I get what your point is uh, when it comes to the lack of accolades, but that's just how her character is going to be. So, um, next question. Who do you see Austin Theory losing his title to down the line? I'm not sure. Oh, Johnny Gargano. That's that, that's the easy answer. Johnny Wrestling. Um, did you see Sol Ruka and Tiffany Stratton do battle? Are those two NXT's most improved in the past year? Yes, I did. Uh, yes, the, those two are going to be big-time stars in the women's division, uh, whether it's on NXT or Raw or SmackDown. And I also want to give a shout-out to Zoe Stark because she's pretty damn good at her job. Um, good match with her and Roxanne Perez the other night on NXT, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, on a personal note, would you do the podcast on the side but take a job in sports broadcasting if offered, at least in Illinois. Would you want to do play-by-play or color conversation? Yes, of course. Uh, I think Nate asked me this question a couple weeks ago. Would I, uh, would I uh, still do the podcast on the side and do something that wasn't wrestling-related? Yeah, of course. I, I, I never made it out to, like, it has to be only wrestling. I, I've applied multiple times. I've had multiple interviews at both radio stations here in Chicago. Um, it would, if it came to like calling games and stuff like that, I probably would want to do play by play more than color commentary. That's probably where my best skill sets would be at. Uh, last message here from Mikey says, "Well, prayers up for you and your family. Us, I hope everything turns off for the better and you get some big breakthrough soon. I believe you will, and that's God's timing will work." Uh, Mike, man, I appreciate you, brother, man. Thank you so much for uh, the questions and love, man. This week it really means a lot to me. I want to thank uh, Mike, Matt, and uh, the good brother Chris Aletta for the questions this week for the Good Brothers Q&A session. As always, if you want to participate in the Back Porch Q&A session, all you have to do is hit us up on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. When we come back, it's time to talk about what happened this week in WWE and get you ready for our main event segment right here on the Hoots Podcast. Yes, sir. We're going to start with a little history lesson here, kids. When I first came to the WWE, women's wrestling was a joke. And I proceeded to single-handedly change everything. 
I brought credibility to a non-existent women's division. And I know some of you are going to say, but it was Trish and Lita. No, no. It was, there was no we. It was me. I was the women's division. I was the trailblazer. I was the first woman to main event Raw, and I was the first woman to make you people give a crap about the women's division. Because I changed, I changed everything, it's true. You know it. But you wouldn't believe that if you listened to Becky Lynch. See, Becky Lynch would have you believe that the women's revolution started with the four horse ladies that they broke boundaries, that they made people care about the women's division again. Well, that statement, like you, Becky, is a joke. And I sat back for a long while and I, I let it slide and, you know, I get selling yourself, call yourself the man, brag about your accomplishments and go on with your bad self. Trish Stratus is nobody's sidekick. This, not a sidekick. And it was getting a little sad, even a little embarrassing, so I had to take Lita out of the picture because, you know, to put her over misery. Yeah, I did that. Just to be clear, because you guys are a bit slower, I did that. I took out Lita, yeah. And the reason I needed Lita out of the picture is because I needed it to be crystal clear that the person who screwed Becky Lynch out of her titles was me. I am not a nostalgia act. I am not your childhood fantasy, and I sure as hell am nobody's sidekick. I am the greatest of all time, and I am the single most important figure in the history of WWE, and I'm here to make sure none of you forget it. I think people are too invested of what's going on outside the ring as opposed to what's going on inside the ring or on their TV screen. Bingo. Like, people get caught up of, oh, this reminds me of a Vince McMahon Raw, or this... This is Triple H would never do that or vice versa. I don't know. Is Triple H in charge of creative? I think so. Is Vince McMahon back and putting his hand in in it? Maybe. But I'm only going to judge these shows by what I see and not the perception of what things might be happening backstage. You can't control what what they decide anyway. Whether Vince McMahon is in charge or Triple H is in charge, the one thing I will say, these last two Monday nights, we got a lot of wrestling on Monday Night Raw, last night being an example of that. Those are pay-per-view quality type matches, and we're getting it on a Monday Night Raw. And I thought top to bottom, that was a very good show last night, Mark. Cody can go out there right now and throw balls to the wall and give, give a great effort. But he's going to get beat. He haven't figured it out yet. But wait till he does. To where he's a callus. No matter how much Brock beat him, 
I always said Hogan in up because Hulk, the Hulkster used, man, the Hulk would be on the ground and they would hit him and he'd go down to all fours. And then at some point they would kick him or hit him and he would look at them and they would hit him and, and he started, whoa, shit, Cody haven't found that yet. When Cody finds it, we'll all know. He'll be the best wrestler in the business. There's got to be a little pride seeing what Cody's been able to accomplish. There is uh, an extreme amount. I'm super proud of Cody. He's being shot to the moon right now, which is great, and that's good for him. And I hope he gets that big one that Dad never got. I've never won a world title, and there is a little jealousy on my part, you know, because, man, I, why can't I do that? You know what I mean? But it's okay. It's not like a bad jealousy thing. So I'm I'm extremely proud of him. He's going to be world champion. I know it. I don't know when, but he's going to be world champion. Just keep doing it, man. They're, they're making him pay for it now. So they're yeah. making him earn it. And yeah. I like that. You see what he just said? I, I, I heard what Dustin just said. Does, doesn't mean I have to agree with it. So I understand, you know, because – I went to Mania, and I sat up in the box, and I wasn't allowed down or anything like that. I was there, and I went there for the reason that Cody was going to win the title, right? Uh We didn't know. We were just, you know, this is his time, and it was a little frustrating when he didn't win, but then at the same time, business-wise, because everybody in the world thought he was going to win that thing, but when you look at it a a week later or whatever, and you kind of analyze it and see what they're doing with Brock right now and all that kind of stuff, it makes sense. Personally, I would like, I wish he would have won it. But was it the right call? Probably so. Probably down the line, he builds to this thing and he finally wins it. Then it's going to be that much bigger. All right, all right, all right. We're back here on the Hoots Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the show so far. Um, highlights there from Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM Fight Nation. Uh, make sure to support Bustin' Open and Dave LeGrecq and the crew there. Uh, comments there from the world's strongest man and WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and the brother of Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Golda, soon to be uh, WWE Hall of Famer one day, talking about the situation with Cody Rhodes and the ever-going debate of was it the right decision or wrong decision for him to lose to the Tribal Chief at WrestleMania. Like I mentioned here on last week's podcast, I think a lot of people are more gullible than they want to admit when it comes to the world of professional wrestling, when it, when it pertains to what's uh, what the dirt sheets were quote-unquote report was supposed to happen, as opposed to actually paying attention to the TV and letting the TV tell you what's going to happen. I mentioned before, I picked Cody on our WrestleMania prediction show to beat Roman Reigns. And I had to be reminded by watching the show and how that match was being played out. Again, one of the greatest WrestleMania world title matches I've ever seen in my life. And seeing how that played out made even more sense of why the Tribal Chief retained and he's still your undisputed world heavyweight champion. That's the charm of pro wrestling. Even for somebody like me, who never comes on here and tries to boast about my booking or fancy booking skills, uh, I'm certainly not somebody like JD from New York or these other people who pretend to be booking wizards. I, I, I give my observations. I can surmise some stuff that may or may not happen. But I 
give it with my experience and my time covering the industry. I try to give some nuance and substance thoughts to the stuff that's going on. And even for then, for someone like me, I was like, okay, maybe this is the moment where Cody wins. But to watch this is the charm of professional wrestling. It's not about what's reported of or fancy booked of what should or should not happen. The stories and how the reasoning behind it should play out inside the ring. And that's what happened for me as I was watching that match. So you see what's going on with Cody now with him and Brock Lesnar. They had their first uh, interaction since that beatdown in L.A. Uh, Cody did not come out as soon. Anna Pierce came out as soon as she is trying to avoid any serious uh, brouhaha's breaking out. Out comes Brock Lesnar with a Jeepers Creepers jacket with a cowboy hat and... Um, I guess we could expect a different vibe from Brock Lesnar because if this if this was the Beast Incarnate, uh, obviously you would have the old Brock Lesnar haircut or maybe you just go bald. You like <laughs> you would have a different Brock. He still has the beard. He still has the crazy hair. He got the cowboy hat. This is a different Brock. Um, and all the writings on the wall, it's right in front of your face. Of course, Brock Lesnar is there as a roadblock for Cody at the behest of the wise man, Paul Heyman. It's right there in front of you if you want to choose to acknowledge it or not. And Heyman said it himself at their WrestleMania, you're never going to get that rematch. It doesn't matter if it's at Master's Garden or Money in the Bank in London or SummerSlam in Detroit or any premium live events uh, for the following calendar year. There's going to be roadblocks. And here's the thing. Roman will not be on TV. He will not be a backlash. Speaking of backlash, Cody and Brock made official for uh, backlash at this past Monday night's Raw. I'm, for my goal for this segment this week is to explain to you why I think it's a good decision for Brock to beat Cody Rhodes at Backlash and why there should not be a rush to say, oh, Cody's game buried if he loses at the pay-per-view or the, the angle about him having to go through hard times and stuff like that. I do believe in that. And I also believe what Heyman said to Ariel Hawani when it comes to the fact that, like, okay, Cody is the champion. Now what? Money in professional wrestling has always been with the chase. Yeah, you could tell me that you could build up seven different challengers, remember, with Cody as a babyface and stuff like that. With this fickle audience, I don't believe that. I don't. I don't think you could fancy book ideas and think that's just going to work like whatever. I could come in here and fancy book scenarios for any different type of wrestler. I could come in here and say, like, hey, let's have... Let's have uh, Sheamus end Gunther's streak. They'll open the field for more and more people to fight Sheamus for the IC title. Uh, you know, like that. You know, you have Strowman, Cross, Escobar, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I, we could do this in the Calico's home. But then there's reality and what we see on our TV screen. I go off of what I see on the TV. It's not always about what I want or what I need. 
because I'm not a selfish wrestling fan. I'm not in this for myself as a fan of watching wrestling. When I'm covering the show, it's a different thing. I have a job to do. I'm studying the product. I'm trying to learn how they go about their formatting with their shows, how they go about certain things with angles and stuff like that, how the matches are structured, obviously, when I do the transcripts. Um, it's, I have two different viewing experiences, and I think that's probably the reason why me and you uh, probably have different opinions and tastes when it comes to how professional wrestling is supposed to be presented, you know? I have a different outlook than the common fan who's not in the weeds like I am when it comes to covering the shows and stuff like that and look into the finute details. But it's a little different for me. I'm not going and watching these shows and going through it as a, an inspection. You know, I, I, I'm not doing that. Um, it, it's a different process for me. And I'm trying to study as opposed to like, okay, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is wrong. Like, I, I'm, it's not an audit. I'm not an auditor, you know, of professional wrestling. Um, so when it comes to Brock and Cody, this is how it go. I, I would have Brock beat Cody at Backlash and send Cody to the hospital, take him out on the stretcher. If that's the main event of the pay-per-view of Backlash, that's how I would close out the show. The American Nightmare trip to Suplex City ends with a local the ends with a trip and a ride to the local medical facility. It'll get heat, it'll trigger all the people who are like, oh see, here's this man to ruin everything. That's the heat there. You don't know. You don't know what's going on. You don't know who's structuring the draft. You don't know who's booking SummerSlam. <laughs> you don't know who's running the cards for WrestleMania 40 next year. You don't know. I don't know. So how do you know? Because <laughs> Fightful told you in their paywall. Again, no no knock on Fightful, but I'm just making an uh, example here, right? So <laughs> that's just my opinion. If you want to heat, you want to make it work, you want to have people have sympathy for Cody, have People have sympathy for Cody like they had a sympathy for uh, Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston and stuff like that. That's what you do. That's not bad booking. That's good business. Okay, Cody beats Brock Lesnar. Then what? <laughs> you got money in the bank, so you're probably going to be pissing and moaning for the fact that Cody Rhodes wins the money in the bank briefcase when he probably doesn't need it in the first place, right? So... We, how you go about getting to Roman Reigns following this pay-per-view on May 6th to SummerSlam on August 6th or, or August 5th excuse me we can fancy book to the cows come home my focus is on the stuff that we see weekly and taking things one show at a time and if you're too fixated on Oh, was this a Triple H show or a Vince Man show? I think you're watching pro wrestling for the wrong reasons. I really do. Same thing goes for the people who point out on Twitter about uh, piped-in booze and cheers and stuff like that. Who gives two shits? Do you go to a movie theater and think about that? Do you... Do you watch a Netflix special or a comedy special 
Morris say, and don't try to point out the crowd sweetening during that. I hear it, but do I have to point it out? Is it something that's worthy of discussion or taking away your enjoyment from the show? Oh, man. Man, I couldn't enjoy Friends and How I Met Your Mother, especially How I Met Your Mother since it was a tape show. Man, I couldn't enjoy it because of the fake laughs and the crowd sweetening and stuff like that. Oh, my God. It took away from my enjoyment of the product. That's the stuff that I talk about here on the show that just takes away from the enjoyment and the fun of professional wrestling. We had a really good show up this past Monday on Raw. I thought it was a very good show. But what's everybody talking about? Stuff that doesn't matter. Oh, so-and-so said that this was supposed to happen on Raw. It didn't happen. So, Planchet's, oh, here comes Vince ripping the scripts again. Oh, we had fake uh, pumped-in crowd noise and stuff like that. It's a TV show. Who gives a fuck? Really, who cares? And then, also, how about this? Um, people were like, oh, man, I got the rundown sheet to Raw. And somebody's like, oh, you tell me the match order on Raw? Yeah, I'll tell you. Tuna, pretty simple deal. Grab your remote. Wherever you have or cable outlet that you're using, go to USA Network at 8 p.m. Eastern and watch the show and figure it out yourself. I want to give a couple shout-outs to some, a couple of matches that stood out to me. Uh, Seth Rollins and Miz was awesome on Raw. Um, the match with Austin Theory and Lashley, I thought was really good. The main event, again, like I said, Raw was really good this past Monday in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, Solo and Ray was really good as well. Uh, the stuff with the Judgment Day and the Bloodline. Or like, oh, this is confusing. Why would the Judgment Day help out the bloodline? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. We know how Paul Heyman works. He's a snake. He's a walrus. He's not trustworthy. He's doing everything he can to benefit what the bloodline and what benefits my tribal chief. I love you, my tribal chief. I love you, my tribal chief. I, hey, look, I, I, I make no bones about it. I'm a mark for Roman Reigns. So I throw out the ones. I've been down with the Tribal Chiefs, even when it wasn't cool to be down with the Tribal Chief. But I, I, Paul and Heyman takes it to another level. I love you, my Tribal Chief. I love you, my Tribal Chief. <laughs> Man, find somebody who loves Roman Reigns more than Paul Heyman or Issa. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Issa in the beautiful island of Puerto Rico. All right, um... Other stuff on the show. Uh, I know Xavier Woods will be taking on Gunther uh, tomorrow night. Um, that's a record this uh, on SmackDown for the IC title. That should be pretty good. Um, they announced that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will be defending their titles against Usos uh, on the SmackDown coming up soon in a couple weeks. And I know a lot of people are like, well, oh, this is an obvious deal that they're going to lose their titles. They may or may not. I don't know. I I have a feeling that they're probably going to retain. They probably won't have to defend their titles or be at the show in Saudi Arabia because you have that 30-day rule. So you have them retain the, sh- retain the titles, you know, uh, on that SmackDown, and they don't have to defend the titles for the rest of the month. That's I think I think that's what's gonna happen. 
Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the Usos get the titles back, but just to make the automatic assumption that Sammy and Kevin are going to lose the titles because, all oh, the Saudi Arabia show is coming up. I, I just think that's just a too easy thing to uh, project and uh, vetch about, but that's just my opinion. Um, I think one thing that cannot be disputed this week is the promo from Trish Stratus. You heard a snip of it before we came back from uh, break. Um, she's phenomenal, man. She's great as a heel. Um, we got took to wrestling school. I hope the ladies in the back took some notes there uh, when it comes to carrying carrying yourself as a heel and cutting promos like that. I always talk about maximizing your TV time. You had a WWE Hall of Famer right there on Monday. Just showing you how it's done. It was probably one of the best promos on TV they had all year from a female perspective. It was that good. Trish is a fantastic heel. She was a tremendous heel in the Ruthless Aggression era. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on Peacock, especially for our younger listeners. Um, It was really, really good. So props to Trish. I thought that was a fantastic promo. So... Just a couple uh, bigger picture things I wanted to discuss. I didn't want to go over every single segment on the show and stuff like that. Uh, I would like to say, give a shout out to NXT uh, for this past uh, Tuesday. The Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller segment was pretty funny. I enjoyed uh, the match with Apollo Crews and Dijak. Uh, That was a fantastic match. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, I mentioned before, Roxanne Perez and Zoe Stark had a barn burner as well. And uh, NXT Spring Breaking is coming up next Tuesday, so you guys probably want to check that out as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's my thoughts on Wabbin this week in WWE. And as I say that, it's time for the main event. It's scheduled for one fall with an unlimited time limit. Let's send off to the director of all operations, the doctor himself. Dr. Dushkadu, Brother Carter, with another brand new edition of What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Start this bad boy off in a three, a two, a one. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. 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 I'm telling you, my time is right now. Right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time is now. My time is right. God damn now. Man, what intensity. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W? You know, just when you think a show can't get any worse, they continue to lower the bar again and again and again. This week's episode of Dynamite was without a doubt one of the worst episodes of professional wrestling television I've seen in a very long time. From start to bottom, it was bad. 
I'd say an hour and 40 minutes of the two-hour program was bad. And that includes commercials. That's how bad this program was. So let's get into it. There's like two things I like, and then we'll get into the crap. And oh, God, is there a lot of crap. Okay. So we started things off with with Jack Perry, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen. They interrupted each other's theme music. This is mostly bad, but what I'll say, why I put it in the okay column was because they were each given an opportunity to show what they can do on the microphone without MJF carrying them. And I will say it was kind of interesting that they played off each other somehow and they said how they each had some stuff in common and then they disagreed with each other on things. I actually didn't mind the concept behind the promo. I think the concept behind the promo was fine. It was the execution that was the problem. Darby and Sammy were okay on the mic. Um, Dar- yeah, they were okay on the mic, but Jungle Boy can't talk at all. And then MJF comes out and schools all of them, as he does, and also drops facts about Britt Baker, because that's what that's what MJF does. He schools everybody on the microphone. So I didn't mind the concept. I just didn't think the execution of this was great. I can't believe I'm saying this, but we got another good Kenny Omega promo for two weeks in a row. Not too bad. It was short. It was to the point. I liked it. And actually, we got a good match. Actually, a good match with Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara. And I like the idea of Sammy making a deal with the devil uh, at the end, you know, that kind of makes sense to try to get himself into the championship. The only thing I don't like about this is why is Sammy a heel, you know, clearly doing things to turn on MJF like a face would do, even though he's part of a heel faction in the JAS. And we'll get to the JAS here in a little bit. So that just, that, that doesn't make sense to me. But there was actually a clever finish to get Jungle Boy counted out. That was cool. And then the MJF and Guevara stuff at the end of the show was actually kind of funny. So that wasn't too bad. Now let's get into the crap, and oh my god, is there a lot of crap. Okay, we start with the Outcasts versus Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. So, Soraya blatantly interferes in front of the referee, and she wasn't sent away from ringside. The referee just let it go. It was fine. The officiating was so bad in this match. The Outcasts are just so bad. The lock draws a great finisher, I will say that. But other than that, oh my god, was this terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, we have gotten to the point where Brian Danielson needs to never speak again. He is awful on the microphone. I, you know, And I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt in WWE because I thought I was his character. But now I'm just realizing he is terrible on the microphone and should never be allowed to speak again. Okay, so we get this segment with the Elite and the BCC. As I mentioned, I like the Kenny Omega promo. Thank God the Young Bucks didn't say anything. Of course, the BCC tacks from behind, and we get another useless brawl. Just set up the six-man tag for double or nothing, and let's get it over with. The only thing I will say, um, it was actually a longer brawl, and they actually gave him time to fight uh, as a part of the segment, so there was at least that. But I am not interested in this at all. And Don Callis, as I call him Don Fallis, is absolutely useless. So, in addition to Brian Danielson never being allowed to speak again, this is what he's become now. A guy who's being associated with a screwdriver. And there it is. How exactly does Kenoshe Takeska, Kenoshe Takesta, however you say his name, fit into this? I guess he's the elite's version of Wheeler Yuta, a young guy they're trying to bring up. But I don't care about this. Um, I, yeah, it'll be what it is. It'll be a bloodbath for the stupid marks, and it will be useless and a, a hindrance on the professional wrestling industry, especially considering how talented all these guys are. Well, minus Moxley, but yeah, this is going to be awful. And the Bucks, but um, yeah, this is going to be awful, and I don't care. Okay, 
So Wardlow is randomly paired with Arn Anderson, and we get a random TNT title change with absolutely no buildup. The TNT championship continues to mean less and less, almost as much as it, it means almost as less now as the TBS championship. How does Tony Khan not see what he has in Powerhouse Hobbs? I'm going to start calling him Mark Clown instead of Tony Khan, but Mark Clown. Put the title on Wardlow because they were in his hometown, and that's the only reason. And now it looks like we're going to get Wardlow versus Luchasaurus for some stupid reason. Fine. Uh, This was... uh, I don't get any of this. Wardlow has fallen farther than I've ever seen anybody fall before. And Powerhouse Hobbs needs to get the hell away and go to NXT where he can be used properly. Okay, and we get Commander versus Jay White. This was boring. Commander is just another generic spot fest monkey. If this match was how I was supposed to get excited about Jay White, we're not off to a good start. And then, of course, they, at the end, him and Juice Robinson with quote-unquote Bullet Club Gold, yay, are now uselessly attacking a useless Sean Spears. We're probably going to get a tag match, aren't we, with Starks and uh, Starks and uh, Commander, or Starks and um, Spears versus Bullet Club, aren't we? Oy. Why the hell are FDR and Jeff Jarrett's group fighting over Mark Briscoe? This makes no sense at all. Why the hell has Mark Briscoe not been given more opportunities to show what he can do? I bet he could be awesome at some point. But yeah, I think he's got a good look. I like his voice. I like the way he talks. But now instead, they're going to get fought over by FTR and Jeff Jarrett's group. Whoop-de-doo. Okay. Okay. Chris Jericho calls out Adam Cole, and then they start to have their promo. Fine. Adam Cole was great. Chris Jericho was not, as usual. Chris Jericho and all members of the Jericho Appreciation Society should never be allowed to speak again. They were awful. So Chris Jericho calls out Adam Cole and then tells him to leave the ring. And now apparently the outcasts in the Jericho Appreciation Society are going to join forces to beat down Adam Cole and Britt Baker. This was just uncomfortable to watch. Like, this wasn't anything good television at all. I have no way to be emotionally invested in this at all. Adam Cole and Britt Baker deserve better than this. Now we're going to get a power struggle between the JAS and the Outcasts because they're all going to join forces to join this mega group and Jericho's going to want the Outcasts to acknowledge him and all that stuff. And they're like, well, no, you should acknowledge us. Uh, This is just going to be so stupid. Speaking of stupid, there was an awful transition into a promo with the the Hardys versus the Firm after this supposedly emotionally draining segment. Then we're going to get, oh, and now let's go to the Hardys. This company has no idea how to run a television show at all. It was just stupid. Also, Hook, for the love of God, get away from AEW. You are so much better than this. Okay, we get the JAS versus the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn in a trios match. Meh. The Acclaimed are great. The JAS suck. Why the hell are they giving away Taya Valkyrie versus Jade Cargill on free television? Supposedly this building up of a feud and not saving it for double or nothing. But instead, we're going to get it for free television next week on Dynamite. Genius booking there, Mark Clown, you freaking drunk. Uh, And then again, we ended with the Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara stuff, which I actually liked. But, folks, for the most part, this was an awful television show run by an awful booker with awful talent. And everything about this is just an indictment and a shame to the professional wrestling industry. Seriously, what the hell is wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with A E.
Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Bye bye, bitch. <laughs> Ooh, almost got you there, huh? <laughs> Honestly, guys, would you blame me if that was actually my real response to what happened last night on Dynamite? My God. (laughs) This is the charm of Brother Carter. Those last couple words he said before his part of the segment was over perfectly encapsulates my mind of how inept this promotion is. When it comes to put on entertaining TV. Or at least competent professional wrestling. And here's the deal. <laughs> I could come in here and ask the question every single week. What the hell is wrong with AW? You know the answer. I know the answer. Brother Carter knows the answer. It's Tony Khan. A lot of people are still going to throw out the whole. It's a young company excuse. Guys, it's four years old. And here's the deal. There's a reason why I'm not dropping my standard and my outlook on AEW. Because look at the name of the promotion. All Elite Wrestling. And I've been asking this question since January of 2019. Hell, let's give it a benefit doubt. Let's go back to the first episode of Dynamite. October... I think it's October 4th, 2019, something like that, right? Since that first Dynamite, what's been elite about all elite wrestling in the last four years? That's my simple question. What's the identity of AEW and what makes it elite? This is elite professional wrestling that we got last night in Pittsburgh. By the way, I miss Pittsburgh. Shout out to our guy Adam Daly. I love you, man. Hope you're doing well. Um, I'm not even in the mood to scream, guys. Like, <laughs> this show was so bad last night. Like, even for me, I was like, actually, like, over the last couple minutes, uh, last couple uh, weeks, I admit that I kind of glanced and see what I needed to see when it came to AW. I wasn't like really paying fully attention over the last couple weeks. But last night I watched the whole show in its full entirety, and I wanted to see everything that went down. And to start off with that triple threat promo with Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara, the four pillar concept in AW just shows you how inept and delusional they are to reality. The four pillars of AEW are not MJF, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, or Britt Baker. The four pillars of AEW are Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. Much to my dismay and Brother Carter's dismay. We're being sold the hoodwink on the four foundational pieces that are going to be here for the future of AEW. One, we can't rely on Darby Allen because he's probably not going to be wrestling seven years from now. Uh, MJF is after his title reign is over, is probably on the next exit out of AEW. Sammy Guevara is a PR nightmare. Let's see how long that lasts. 
And the only foundational piece you have is Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, which we found out on Wednesday night is a two-faced dipshit. So we start off the show with, it's so funny because what happened last week? You know, last week I was telling you about, oh man, Sting is taken away from MGF and Darby Allin and trying to make Sting, uh, trying to make Darby look like the biggest baby face in the world. Then we come to this week and Darby has jazz hands. He can talk now. He's showing emotion. He's being a heel. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to have sympathy or cheer for this dude? I already know Sammy Guevara is a is is, the, is a cunt. I've said that a hundred times. I it is what it is. His he's phony. He's two faced. There's nothing unique or special about him. He's a two faced dipshit. And then we found out Jungle Boy. We already knew that he can't talk, but we show again. There's no real positive unique reason to relate to him. But his stupid Tarzan haircut, the fact that he has a generic wrestling style, I, I'm supposed to cheer Jungle Boy because he uh, claps Anna Jay's cheeks. Congratulations. I'm sure he's not the only one. This segment was an expose on, if you think that's the four pillars of AEW, Tony Khan, you got another thing coming, and you need a wake-up call. That segment was not good. It went way too long. And we have three heels talking shit to each other. Where the real heel and the real star of this whole program comes out and gets a babyface reaction. And this shows you how much the distance is from three dipshits to a real star. Not good. There's a couple of stuff that I did enjoy last night on uh, Dynamite. It wasn't all horrible. I will agree with Bernard Carter. This was one of the worst episodes of Dynamite I've ever seen. But Wardlow with Art Anderson now. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's great. I think that's great for Wardlow. And it's a good decision for them to uh, link him up with Arn Anderson. But as the good stuff comes, out comes the same old stuff that we see every week. Matches that end with wrong people winning or having afterbirth brawls. Man, how about, hey, let's give it up for that Powerhouse Hobbs uh, TNT title reign, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> let's give it a round of applause for that, right? That was horrible. Yeah, let's let's give that a round of applause while we're at it. Just brutal, terrible. Uh, I, what title has more meaning now, the TNT title or the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships? My God, I you know last week I mentioned before that it's amazing to me how inept AEW is to the point. That I'm actually rooting for the elite against the Blackpool Cuckold Club or the Blackpool House of Torture. That group is so corny and lame. It's just not even funny, man. So the elite gets their brawl with the BCC. Kadosa Takesha comes out to the Biasa Don Callis. And 
God knows what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, we have an eight-man tag. It's it's possible you could do it now. So uh, that's probably the match that's going to be taking place at double or nothing and whoopity-doo. Um, we had Jay White's, uh, not his in-ring debut for AEW, but his first match since re-signing with the company. Uh, Jay White defeated Commander. Uh, match went way too long. Not a good showcase for Jay White. Um, <laughs> to sit here and think about another signing that Tony Khan had, and he is in now in the feud with Sean Spears. And you want to talk about the effect of Jericho? He drains you down, man. Think about this. Ricky Starks at the beginning of the year was vying for the AEW World Championship. Now he's in a mid-card feud with Rock Hard Juice Robinson and Jay White. Not even the good entertaining Jay White. The Jay White that's... Ooh. How about this for the hardcore wrestling fans? We get... A watered-down Jay White in AW. I bet you nobody else will say that, but I will. We get a watered-down Jay White and Juice Robinson in Bullet Club Gold, whatever the fuck that means. And now they're in a feud with Ricky Starks and Sean Spears. Love Sean Spears. I think he's a talented wrestler. But do you give two shits about that feud? I don't. Let me pose you that same question when it comes to Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. Adam Cole cooked Chris Jericho on the microphone last night, said everything that we say here on the show. Chris Jericho is a fickle, stupid idiot, insecure, egomaniac. We all know it's true. Chris Jericho and Adam Cole will fight each other at double or nothing. There's a spoiler alert. We get this weird handcuff angle where the JAS and the outcasts beat up Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Adam Cole was handcuffed to the ropes while uh, Britt was on the recipient of JoJo Dutch candlestick shots by Soraya. Hey, I, I got to call a spade. I love Soraya. I'm, I'm a bar for her. She's sexy as shit. I, I make no boast about it. My uh, love for Soraya, she's fantastic. But those candlesticks were JoJo. Those candlestick shots were JoJo Dutch. That was that was rough. Uh, we had a trios match with the Acclaim and Billy Gunn and the uh, the Repug spectrum of the January Six Appreciators. Uh, nobody cared about this match. It was what it was. Uh, more shitty officiating, by the way. Uh, referee Aubrey Edwards was in that trios match. Not a surprise to absolutely anybody. Uh, also, Sammy Guevara defeated uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, thanks for help from MGF and Bryce Remsburg now joined the Blind Club with Ray Charles Edwards and uh, the Dead Quartz ref. Um, everything that we mentioned here when it comes to AEW and why it's a nep and it's not as good as people make it out to be, especially on Twitter, it was on Showcase last night on, T- on TBS. This show was the drizzling shits. I I don't even know what to say. You have the uh, <laughs> you have NJF attack Jungle Boy from behind before Jungle Boy got uh, counted out because Sammy hugged him right. So the referee instead of restarting the count, he goes nine ten and then he counts out Jack. 
So basically what we're going to do, we're going to have another screw finish next week in uh, Sunrise, Florida, where um, Sammy will fight Darby. There will be a screw finish. And then Tony Khan will announce that due to the uh, interference from that match and the week prior, both those guys will be added onto the world title match at double or nothing. We will get the fatal four-way, but it's under these circumstances. Man, give it up for sports-based wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Even for myself trying to surmise this, I feel like I've lost like 100 IQ points in the process. So be uh, be very cost, uh, be concerned for yours truly because I don't know what the hell we watched last night on TBS. Uh, it was rough. I don't know if it get any better on Saturday night because it's time for the extra minute impression, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, coming to you live on TNT on Saturday night. It's a special edition of AEW Rampage. First for the AEW, not my bad, for the AAA Mega Championship. It's El Hijo Del Vakingo taking on Drillisico. And an eight-man tag team matches. Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and FTR taking on Varsity Athletes and Slim J. From there, we have Gear Hogan taking on Julie Hart of the House of Black. We'll hear from AEW TBS champion Jay Carhill ahead of her title defense against Tyler Valkyrie. Also, we'll hear from the Hardys, Hook, and Isaiah Cassidy as we get closer and closer to the Delete Compound match. And our main event is the Blackpool Cuckoo Clubs, John Moxley, taking on the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. More matches being announced for next week's edition of Dynamite on Twitter via Tony Khan. Also, make sure to get all your tickets right now at AWTIX.com. That's AWTIX.com. That, my friends, is what the hell is wrong with AEW. All right, guys. I want to thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. Another fun edition of the Hoops Podcast. Hope you have a wonderful weekend so far. Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life. Nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself and the man upstairs. I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you like at the Hoots Podcast. I'm at uh, Instagram at Josh Lopez Media. Also on uh, TikTok now at Josh Lopez Music. If you want to see my guitar covers, TikTok now will be my official home for my uh, guitar covers. So go check it out there. I think you guys will enjoy it. And uh, that's pretty much it. Um, like I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show, if you guys can do us a favor and scroll back down our catalog on Spotify specifically, if you can check out some of our old previous episodes, you don't have to listen to the whole thing. Even if it's just for a minute, click down on a bunch of episodes and uh, it will help us out. We're 80 specific Spotify listeners away from qualifying for ambassador ads. If you guys could do that for us, it would mean the world to us for myself and Brenda Carter. So, please, if you guys can do that, it would mean a lot to us. With that all being said, for Brother Carter via satellite, I am Josh. This has been episode 357 of the Hoops Podcast. We'll be here next week to celebrate the seventh anniversary of this lovely podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to y'all next week. Yes, sir. Bye-bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>